Last week on What the Football, Jazz reveals his travel plans. I'd, ra- I'd rather I'd rather go to I'd rather go to Etihad than go to Barcelona or Bernabeu. Then Con takes over from an absent Dan for What the Football trivia, and absolutely nails it. So Portsmouth oh, yeah. versus Reading is the highest scoring Premier wow. League game. And what year was of that? Of all time. Uh, good question. Uh, listen, I've just taken over this, uh, this segment. <laughs> Don't drill me too much on, <laughs> on the- And finally, I once again embarrass myself in my What the Football trivia answer. This team, I'm going to guess, is Newcastle. Oh, no, they're in the Premier League. I shouldn't have said that. I think Gus. Gee, I'm going to have to edit that out. That was horrible. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Episode 6 of What the Football, the podcast that puts the F into football. I'm Patrick Gilbert from Australia, and the co-host joining me today are Con Taylor in Australia and in South Africa, returning from his week off after Manchester United's two losses is Daniel Haswell. Welcome, guys. Morning, Pat. Good to be back. Yeah, definitely good to be back after Connor were taking pot shots at me in my absence last week. <laughs> well, I hope you've come back with uh, a bit of defence, Dan. So we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a second, mate. So, to, so today we're going to focus in the week in the because there was a week off of EPL action. We are going to focus on the relegation candidates and do a bit of analysis on who we think can stay up and why and who we think is going to go down and also why. Before we get into that, we have everybody's favourite segment, except for my favourite segment because I continually embarrass myself on it. It is What the Football Trivia. You see more than I So, Dan, welcome back to Dan's yeah. What the Football yeah. Trivia segment. I tell you what, we had lots of feedback from our listeners yeah. that, that Con really nailed it last week, and he, he showed how to ask what? the question. You what? And <laughs> you what? And, uh, so he tried, so tried so hard, he completely fumbled the answer. What's the point of that? <laughs> Listen to that bitterness in that voice, Pat. Just listen to him. Completely fumbled the answer. <laughs> it, was, well, it, was like a, it was like Mignolet coming out for a cross. <laughs> <laughs> You've set the bar, Dan. Uh, maintain those standards, please, if you can. Thanks. Yeah. I'll try to limber under that. All right, are we ready? Sorry. Let's do because, it. Uh, because we're talking about uh, relegation candidates, the trivia will have nothing to do with that. Beautiful. Uh, so it's actually it's actually a Champions League uh, category question. And the question is, let me be as clear as possible. <laughs> right. Who was the last English team to knock a Spanish team out of the Champions League? Who was the last English team to lock a to knock a Spanish team out of the European Champions League. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of talk of getting stronger and the English teams have been falling by the wayside. Uh, so let's see if you guys can think of it. Interesting okay. question. And I think that's fairly straightforward, Dan. Thank you very much. Fairly clear. I think we can do with that one. Well done, Dan. Well done. Yeah, I'll try not to stuff up the answer. Well done. Right, so moving on, we're going to get into some of the relegation candidates. First of all, Dan, I will give you right of reply. Do you have anything to say about last week's episode? We focus on Manchester United a bit and you were not here. Where would I even start? Where would I even start? The amount of rot that was coming out of Taylor and Southern's mouths. Well, let's start with Jose. Start with Jose, Dan. He was nominated twice for Wanker of the Week. So, do you think that's fair? Yeah, no. Connell Taylor needs some needs some new material. You know, <laughs> really needs I some can't. new material. How do I get new material if your manager just keeps feeding me, mate? 
<laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get up and defend Jose. I've said said my my say about him. Um, but uh, and, uh, as far as his rant goes, I mean, factually he was correct. United have, been a, have not been a force at the top European stage for a number of seasons now, uh, and there was a there, there was a massive rebuilding of the squad that that need that needed to happen and still needs to happen. Um, so, yeah, so factually he wasn't. Incorrect. Um, we can talk about what what uh, effect it would have psychologically on his players, the team morale, and those sort of things. But, but we don't know. Um, yeah. So in terms of, I'd say that's all I've really got to say. He, I, I, I think he will get it right in time. It is. It is. It is. It, it has started off being a painful process, but. Um, yeah, this is this is the thing. Uh, for me, it, it's got to be football's got to be about entertainment. Got to be about the style of play you're wanting to play. Uh, and yeah, you just seem there just seems to be some inconsistencies creeping in in terms of, you know, they call it the tactical periodization. It just seems there just seems to be some inconsistencies creeping in, which you don't know how much they are due to him being unsure. Of which way he wants this, this team to take. Um, but then there are mitigating factors. For example, bringing in Sanchez in January. He's come from, he's come from Arsenal where there have been question marks about the training program and fitness levels and the conditioning and all the sorts of things. So, you know, clearly this is a, this is a different Sanchez to the one that he would be expecting to sign. Um, so yes, at, at this stage, at this stage, he's he's picking up results. That's that's what can be said about it. Um, yeah, but in terms of watching it, it's dire. Nobody can nobody can hide from that. Dan, I have a question for yep. you. As a yep. as a as a fan, to sort of look, I understand nobody knows the best uh, than us Liverpool supporters in terms of. Team slide from you know being at the top and then going for a long period, just being sort of in mediocrity and nowhere, but still expecting the highest from your team regardless, because of the uh, history that I suppose is behind it. To hear your manager sort of come out and say things, particularly around your team, um, you know whether you go out in the last scene and I know what you mean. Whether you go out in the quarterfinals makes no difference from a results point of view. But from a from a from a from a fan wanting your team to be at its best or wanting to perform at a at a better level, surely hearing a manager come out and say things like, you know, talking up severe and how good they are and then it just felt like he was deflecting from the poor performance over the two results more than anything. Like, oh you should know good severe Well, I don't think severe are good. We may have drawn both oh. games and I said it last week against Sharon. Oh. The results against them, and mind you, our results against them, had they been in a semi-final or quarter-final, we would have gotten through. So it's already better than your result anyway. You okay. couldn't even how did muster... How did it go for you in the Europa Cup final? You, could, you couldn't even muster a decent game against them, which is the pathetic part of it all. And I just want to play in the Europa League final. Let's focus on this season, mate, because this is what okay. we're talking about. The severe side that won or, or got through to the quarterfinals this year is not a good team. Yeah. And yet you were knocked out by them. And I just don't understand how you how that can be acceptable for a team like Man United. Yeah, no, it obviously wasn't expected. Uh, and, and and they're not a very good side. Um, but this is the thing. When, when, you, when you go into the away leg with that mentality, happy with the nil-nil, Knowing that, mm. you know, knowing that not having a away goal puts, really puts you at a disadvantage. And yeah. that first leg, United didn't, didn't go for the goal. They, they were, they were happy with the nil-nil. Um, but that being said, United still should have won that, that home leg. Um, yeah. 
It so seems as though there was quite a few tactical mistakes by Jose Mourinho. Um, yeah, okay, uh, so, yeah. Yeah, and, and so do you think that was basically his way of deflecting the focus away from his tactics and his game plan over those two legs? Yeah, he's quite he's quite good at that. He's quite good at that. One thing one thing I do remember thinking about the game now mm-hmm. is that uh, Sevilla definitely. Uh, had a good look at the Liverpool game, where United focused on the flick-ons from Lukaku and the knockdowns. Mm. If you remember back, mm. every time Lukaku knocks on a ball, there are two or three severe players picking up that second ball. That was a definite, definite tactic that they worked out, and that 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 killed off United's um, point of attack in terms of in terms of his direct balls to Lukaku, which mm. Liverpool didn't deal with. Uh, and, and that was what was quite disappointing. United didn't really then come up with a, with a different uh, game plan. The other game plan then was then to, to use Fellaini as well, which was, which was again a real selection. Uh, I've always argued for the merits of Fellaini in terms of, you know, he does what it says on the tin, really. Um, but really, uh, when he hasn't played... Uh, for a couple of months, and then he's starting in a high-intensity game. Pogba's sitting on the bench. Then you really got to wonder, you know, what's behind those sort of selections. Yes, yeah, Sevilla so, seemed like a team that had done their homework and that had adjusted. I agree, Dan, and it reminded me of a yeah. of a game of football manager when when you're you're on a bit of a good <laughs> good run. You've you've had a couple of good wins using a particular tactic. And gets gets to the second yeah. or third game, and you go and you try and roll out that same tactic. Then your team just starts losing <laughs> because the other team actually knows that you're going to play that tactic, and they and they've adjusted their defence to it, they've adjusted their game style to it, and you've got to have a plan B or C. Dan, I know you don't like plan B or C, but but and you want to make your plan A work. But if your plan A work, the, yeah. the opposition know it, and they've planned it, and they've and and they're basically countering it. You need to change it up, and yeah. it just didn't seem that that happened. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. Um, well, that's 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 the thing. Sevilla's game plan did become quite did become quite clear, and once United got that early goal, uh, you know, you get to the 60 or 70 minutes, 60 or 70 minutes at nil nil, and you haven't got that away, the way goal in the bag as well. Um, so. You, Really, they really they needed to have a much much more attacking mentality because uh, even going even going down going down a goal they could, they still should have you know believed that they could score two. They showed at the end suddenly they picked up their intensity that they could they could get goals against that side, but they didn't approach the game in that manner. Um, yeah, so it's fun. Okay, good one, Dan. Good one, Dan. Moving on, let, let's talk about the relegation candidates. We've got a bit of a logjam from about 10th to 19th with a bit of daylight to 20th. So just to run you through the ladder quickly, well, we, we call it a ladder in Australia, but you might be calling it a table. Let, just running you through the table, we've got from 10th, we've got Bournemouth, who on 36 points with Watford on 36 then Brighton on 34, Newcastle on 32, Swansea and Huddersfield 31, Crystal Palace and West Ham on 30 in 16th and 17th place. They've both got a two-point gap to the relegation, uh, currently the relegation candidate in Southampton who's in the relegation spot, then Stoke one point behind on 27, and then a further seven points down in last place is West Bromwich Albion. So so you've you've got six points separating 10th to 17th, and then you've got a couple points to Southampton, then Stoke and West Brom. Firstly, can anyone mount an argument for West Brom staying up? No. Uh, no. Okay. I wouldn't wouldn't want to either. Yeah, that'd be a quick, quick run. We'll, we'll, we'll move on. I mean, first I of all, I think we can yeah, move on from. I that. wouldn't want to either. You know, the way I look at it, you know, I look to certain teams and to, and, and to say, you know, what do they offer? Are they even worth bring something 
to something special to the Premier League? Are they worth you know looking at for another season? And honestly, it just seems like we're from they've they've, they've had their time at the top. They're not they're not really adding any in terms of an approach, a tactical system, any sort of exciting players. Uh, so if if they got relegated. I don't see it, it being a, a loss in those terms for the Premier League, and I can't see them pulling themselves out of it. No exciting players. What about Jake Livermore? English international Jake Livermore. Come on. There you go. <laughs> I think West Brom's situation is, a, for me, being Arsenal supporter, it's a bit of a stark warning because people have asked me over the last five years... I think it's probably been five years. Surely, surely Wenger's got to go. Surely Wenger, Arsenal need to get rid of Wenger. And my answer's always been, to replace him with who? You need someone better to replace him with. You don't just sack yeah. someone because you're getting sick of him. And that's sort of what Resprom did. They were mid-table, sack poolers, because, sure, he's been bloody boring over the last five years, but he's always got them safe. They, sure. someone, someone somewhere figured out, you know, we've had enough of being boring and safe. Let's, let's try and be a bit more exciting. But then they got Pardew. Well, that, that's the puzzle. <laughs> that's the puzzle. <laughs> I can imagine if you're bringing in a, a European manager, or even if you're bringing in yeah. the, uh, the, the, the former Hull and, uh, and Watford man, Silver. Man manager, yeah. Silver. Silver okay, yeah. okay, give Silver a go. Let, let him revolutionise West Brom. But to bring in Pardew? Oh, my God. So well, that, that's, that's a mistake. They don't, it's not like they're adding anything to the league anyway. So, you know, if they go, it's like, they wouldn't, you know, it's, it's sad, obviously, for their fans and that, but really, what are you what are you adding to the Premier League? Um you know, the is, you know, you bring in a manager and the, and the, the owner sort of explains in effect. You know, in the first mm. two or three a game, the manager will pick a game. <laughs> How do you didn't even get that? <laughs> so when he didn't get that, you know, he's never had sustained success anyway. So if he doesn't get off to a good start, then they were, you know, they were they were living down the barrel. You can almost imagine him walking to the club and saying, "Boys, the honeymoon is over." And <laughs> and just undermining his old his old bounce effect. Okay, move, moving to Stoke. Okay, West West Brom's going down, and they deserve to. Great, we got two left now. Stoke yeah. and Southampton, an 18th and 19th. The Peter Crouch inspired Stoke. Can they get up? I think Stoke are going to struggle, actually. I feel, I feel like we might lose those uh, windy nights at the Britannia, which is about the only thing that Stoke brings to the Premier League. <laughs> uh, there's, uh, you just got to look at the fixture running, and I just don't know where they can actually pick up points. They've got, they've got Arsenal in their next fixture, followed by Spurs, you know, followed by probably fellow relegation candidates, uh, West Ham, which is a bit of a big one. Um, and then in their last game, they've obviously got Liverpool. So that's through the top six that they've got to play. The only two games that they're probably realistically going to be looking at is West Ham and followed by the Burnley game. But, you know, even then, I think Burnley are a far better team than Stoke. Mm. So, you know, you're looking at Stoke. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at Stoke yeah. maybe getting a maximum of, you know, out of those points, maybe, uh, sorry, out of those games, probably four points. That you know that puts them on. That only takes them to 31. So you know I think Stokes, unless they pull out some miracle, which I don't see occurring, I think they're as good as Barnet. Yeah, one thing I'm looking at the table, and they, one thing Stoke are normally very good at is getting points away through draws, and this mm. season they've only got the four draws away for the whole season. No, five drills away. That's one short. And I look at that and go, gee, if they normally they pick up eight, nine, ten drills away because they close that shop and they play their, their their long ball style, and and just go for the point. If they had have got another five points from their away draws, they'd be sitting in thirty two points. So to me, I think that's probably the difference. They'd be sitting in thirteenth place on thirty two points. Mm. This year, they've let themselves yeah. down away. 
Yeah, I think by the same by the same uh, system that we're looking at West Brom, what are Stoke really adding to the league? When they had when they had Pulis, you know, they were adding a, another way of of playing the game, and then they had Mark Hughes, who was changing them to be more attractive, if you can put it that way. Um, but now it's just it's really confusion. Obviously, uh, Paul Lambert isn't at time really to show what he wants him to do. And he does deserve a chance to do that, but it just seems like again, other than other than Shakiri, maybe one or two others, who would teams really be interested if we Stoke were to go down? Yeah, yeah uh, true. Yeah, I'm not, I joked about Peter Crouch earlier, but to me, he's the most exciting player. Yeah, the, the, the game lights up when he comes on for ten minutes at the end of the game. That's it. that's the only thing you want oh, to see for Stoke. Big Peter Crouch. Okay, so Shakiri is okay. Yeah, good point. Good point, Shakiri's Well, the reason it's exciting when Crouch comes on is we're likely to see him do the robot at the end. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Southampton. Now, for mine, this is one team which seems to, which should have too much talent to go down. And if you look at, if you look at their overall record, they've got a lot of draws in there. And you look at their goal difference, it is negative 15 compared to those around, which is at least in the negative 20s. And Stoke, which is like negative yeah. 29. So to, to me, Southampton are a team that just haven't got the results when they've needed to. They've drawn a lot of games they could have won. And, and I see them as probably one, I think, if I'm, if I'm going to look at the table and glance up, my prediction is they'll be safe and Huddersfield are currently 15th spot. I'm a bit worried about them, about Aussie, 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 moi, moi, moi. His Huddersfield. I'm a bit worried about them creeping down into Southampton's spot. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I see Southampton too good to go down at this stage. What are your thoughts? It w- yeah, it would it would be sad to see them go. Obviously, got a excellent youth system that's brought through some players, uh, and this is the thing. They're 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 in a way a victim of that of that that success of the youth system, which is of course countless players go most of them to Liverpool. Um, but if you look at it, players like um, Lalana, uh, Bertrand, one, Clayton, Walcott, Bertrand Alex. is one of them, isn't he? The Ox. Yeah. Bertrand, so yeah. they've so they've had a team really taken away from them. Um, but they still produce. They're still producing, you know, really good players. James Ward-Prowse, I think he's a really class act. He's a little bit on the slow side, but technically an excellent player. Mm, I would actually take him at United as a good as a good squad player. Um, so I think they they that in that sense they'd be a lot to Premier League. And ironically, they've got Mark Hughes now, and they and they put him battling Stoke. It just shows the craziness of this merry-go-round. I thought your trivia question this week, Dan, was going to be who's been the last manager to relegate two teams in the same season. But maybe you need, you need, you <laughs> yeah, need to yeah. wait to wait till the end of this year before you can use that to make sure Mark uses relegated <laughs> yeah. two teams. Yeah. Yeah. I th- it, think yeah, just to add just to add on that Southampton up. one, I, I agree with Dan and I think you know Southampton being far more to the league or have over the last few years the the, the team is below them. Look, I think it's a straight shootout for Southampton actually when it comes to Who's going to take their spot? Because if you look at the team above them, West Ham, you know, they play each other in the next game next weekend. A massive, absolutely wow. massive game for them. If And it's, you know, Southampton are, are playing, obviously, away from home. So it's one of those games where they need more than, you know, one of those 13 draws that they've, they've managed to get this season. Because after that, you know, they play Arsenal, they play Chelsea, um, which is going to prove a lot more difficult. So I think it's, it's a crunch game against against West Ham, and um, you know even looking at West Ham's fixtures that they have been running, they've you know they're, they're two games that they potentially can pick up six points in is Southampton and Stoke. Other than that, you know again they're playing three of the top six in Chelsea, Arsenal, and Man City. So a couple of these teams really have big games against each other that could determine whether they stay or go to the Champions effectively. Well raised, Con. Good point. And I wanted—it's a good time for me to inform you that that is how match of the round next week. 
So I'm going to force everyone to watch West Ham versus Southampton this weekend. Wait, a, wait did uh, Con make a good point? I'm listening. <laughs> you did. We'll, have to, we'll replay it for you later, Dan. But make sure you hear that West Ham versus Southampton is our feature match next week. We're going to look at the two relegation candidates, 17th versus 18th, and see why one of them lost and why one of them may go down. Because you're right, Con, if Southampton lose that game, or West Ham lose that game, both of them increase their chances. Um, just on Jake James Ward-Prowse, Dan, and, and Con, he's also an enigma for me too. I, whenever I see him play, I go, wow, what a talent. And then I then I just glance at the team list the following week, and he's on the bench, I'm not even picked. Well, why doesn't he get a game every week at Southampton? He's been a fairly regular guy. I've got him on a fantasy league team. He's been he's been good value. Uh, well, for example, the last four weeks yeah. he's only started one game. I think last four game game matches. Yeah, just... there has there has been a change of management, hasn't there? So there's a bit of experimentation going on. Um, but I always I always think his output is good. Uh, he brings a lot in terms of his delivery at set pieces. Mm. Um, yeah, and he's 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 a reliable performer. And they've got guys like Buffal uh, and these sort of things who look flashy but really don't don't deliver consistently. Uh, and that's the thing for a lot of these relegation-threatened teams. You know, are you going to put faith in a player who goes up once a month, or are you going to come in with your assistant players to get you out of there? Uh, you know, West Ham, for example, have got Onatovic. They seemed to get him firing for a couple of games, and suddenly they were looking good. He's gone missing again in the last couple of weeks, and so the goals have tried it. Um, It's a similar situation with Stoke and Shakiri. You know, Shakiri, in his moments, can be fantastic. But over 90 minutes and regular performances, are they really there? Yeah, let's look at West Ham. Where you touched upon, yeah. you touched upon an out of each. And West Ham's another team I look at and go, individually, they're just full of stars. I just cannot understand how a team like that is Shit. about Shit to be, manager. be relegated. <laughs> I know you're dying to say that. I mean, let, 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 let's go through some of the players. You've got, you, you've got, you've got, you've got Andy Carroll. You've got, you've got Lanzini. You've got Antonio. You've got Anatovic, um, and you've, you've got some pretty good, pretty strong defenders. Who do you have yet? Font, and you've got, um, I think Masuako, Creswell. I mean, it, it's just, it, it's one of those those teams where you go, well, it's a team of champions, but not a champion team. And and it, it seems like they've got a saviour complex there. They're always relying on someone to be their saviour. <laughs> Yeah, for a long time it's Andy Carroll. A lot Carroll. of their problems, the problem, a lot of their problems also seem to be actually off the field. I mean, that that ownership they've got, they they give a new meaning to to club owners, uh, and and it's it's definitely having an effect on the entire club. You can I mean you can only see with the the unrest amongst their fans and that and that you know definitely has an effect, especially when a team's in this situation. Um, so, for me, that's where a lot of their problems start. Um, but on the field, again, where are your consistent performance? And I think they are, they're still suffering from the Slavin Bilic hangover. Mm. You think the major players he brought in were Joe Hart, uh, Zabaleta, and Donatovic. Those were the three main players he brought. And... To me, other than a couple of games for Anatovic, Joe Hart is terrible. He can't even, he's, he wouldn't even, he's not even first choice. Zabaleta is well past it. And, and there you go. So they didn't bring in, they didn't really bring in any, any sustained quality over the transfer windows. And, and here they are. As opposed to Moyes who brought in Patrice Evra, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's not at all. He's in his prime. <laughs> yeah. Con, Con, do you want to do you want to blame this? Put this at the feet of David Moyes, do you? 
Yeah, I might I might change the angle a bit because there's a lot of excuses <laughs> being made outside of the field. But look, I think to in all seriousness, I think to a valid point you said earlier, you know, Stoke and where the appointments of managers and that merry-go-round and not sort of trying anything different, maybe bringing in silver or something like that. I never liked the Moyers appointment from from the start, and I made that very clear that I thought it was it was a strange one. It was one, you know, a manager who's who's just had a a poor run. In all seriousness, I, I don't think David Moyers is that bad manager, but I think his hair has just been is not the same ever since that United gig. But um, to bring him in wasn't very inspiring in my books. I thought they could have gone outside, maybe gone continental, maybe brought someone in like Silva. Um, I don't think that team is that bad. Uh, I don't think on paper there's enough quality to turn it around. You only have to look at uh, Swansea and and see what um, our manager, I can't remember his name now, has, has been doing over there with them. And they're a, a far-worse team. Carvalho, thanks. They're yeah. a far-worse team on paper in my eyes than West Ham. West Ham have enough quality across the park to at least finish in that mid-table region, you know, whether it be between 12th and 10th, somewhere around there. And I just, the life of me just looking at them, they look dreadful. They got absolutely torn apart by Burnley in their last game at home. And I worry for West Ham with, with the games they have coming up. I, I generally, I, I put it out there that whoever comes out with the results next week um, between them and Southampton, whoever comes out with that result, for me, will be safe and that the other team will be will be relegated. That's a, that's a, I think it's a, it's definitely the biggest match of the round, Pat, for me. Wow. And who's your tip then, Con? Oh, I actually... <laughs> uh, who's worse between the two of them? But because it is an away game for West Ham... They've only won two away um, games the whole year. Exactly. I'm probably going to be tipping... Southampton. But Southampton have only won three home games for the whole year. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I say. It's one of those difficult ones to decide on. Yeah, I think it's a bit of a... a bit harsh to lay at, at the feet of Moisey. It, it was a, a bit of a tough gig. Um, as I said, I think West Ham are a team of really talented individuals, individual players. I think individually you'd look at a lot of them and say, I'd love them, I'd love Antonio in my team. I'd love, I wouldn't mind Anatovic in my team. I'd love Lanzini on my team. You, you look at those guys and you're individually going, yeah, great, 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 but are they team players? And, yeah. and, and, and what the point Dan raised before about the instability at the club, what instability does, it makes everyone a little bit more individualistic. So when you've got individual players becoming more individualistic because of the instability then what chance do you have of bringing them together? I mean, I mean, you, that's already their problem and you're making it worse by, by the environment. So I think I, I would hate to see them go down because I, I do think they bring excitement to the league. It's probably the wrong type of excitement at the moment. And they're, they're one of those perennial clubs that have somehow stayed in the Premier Division for a long time and, and uh, without all the money. Ironically, it's when they've got the money, they've actually collapsed a bit. But we've got to move on. We've got to move on. We've got Roy's Crystal Palace sitting also in 16th on 30 points, just ahead of West Ham on goal difference. They have a... They... Yeah, they've won four at home, won three away. Um, So they don't really have much of a change in their home and away records. Uh, and and since Roy took over, they seem to have been more solid. And Benteke's come back; they seem to be on the right, moving in the right direction. You'd you'd think that they'd continue moving that same direction with Zaha back fit as well. What do you think? Yes, if there was a one-man team, they've got pretty much close to it because Crystal <laughs> Palace with Zaha in and with Zaha out are just completely two different propositions. Yeah. Uh, so they've got to have they've got to have Zaha for this this run of games, uh, and the difference between him and these other sort of so-called quality players is that he is he is quite a consistent performer in terms of output, uh, yeah. in terms of his in terms of his work rate, in terms of the intensity that he brings. 
he definitely gives his all for the team for 90 minutes. Uh, so that's, that's for me crucial for them. They've got to have, they've got to have Zaha because he, he scores and creates, uh, he, he makes it, he makes the team a lot better. Uh, yeah. and they're a lot worse without him. Agreed. Okay. So as long as Zaha stays fit, we all think that he'll, that Crystal Palace will stay yeah. up. I think they've got yeah. enough fixtures in there as well to, to, to get points if you look at their run in anyway. Okay. Yeah. Decided. Crystal Palace will stay up. Before we get in the last few, we're going to have a little break with our next segment. The boy can't stop himself. It's Willy Wanker of the week. <laughs> and speaking of can't stop himself, I'm going to start with Con to see if he can stop himself nominating <laughs> Jose Mourinho for this segment. Who is your Wanker of the week, Con? You know what? I'll actually leave our Jose alone. And I'm actually going to go back a week and pull somebody that we completely forgot to mention. And uh, for Manchester United supporter and uh, mate of mine, Grant Fries, reminded me of this one. And so did another one, Aaron. Uh, Warren Haywood called it out. And I felt that uh, we all sort of forgot about it. It's probably because we had no Manchester United show to bring it up. But I'm not sure how we missed this guy. He deserved to be at Jamie Carragher. Uh, for that incident the other week was just, I mean, what, what was the man thinking? He, sh- he should have been nominated. It was absolutely ludicrous what he did and uh, he deserves a mention. And although it's a week late, I'm definitely giving that to, to Jamie Carragher for the spitting incident and the short, the sheer stupidity of the man on the dirt. So Con Potts, Liverpool legend, for, Jamie Carragher. Wow, he's eating his own oh, un- now. Unlike, unlike Dad, I'm able to actually call out my own nose when they, you know, are wankers. <laughs> I don't think we can argue with that. That was that was pretty shocking. Dan, who's your one this week? Uh, so, uh, Australian cricketers excluded, Pat. <laughs> yeah, I think you guys established this as a football <laughs> podcast, not a, not a cricket one. But, but if it was, yeah. they would oh, no. certainly be... Top. I'm happy to second that Carragher nomination if, he, if that's still available. No, I'm okay, happy to second that. Two for Jamie. I I am actually nominating Mr. Bad Teeth himself, Gareth Southgate, the England manager, <laughs> for his selection of of his his squad that he's picked for the World Cup. Because my boy John Joe is not in there. Seriously, Gareth. <laughs> Seriously. You've got Jake Livermore. You've got Jordan Henderson. You've got Daniel Drinkwater. And no John Joe Shelby. I mean, are you just, are you just hoping? I mean, talk about boring. Talk about just hoping to maybe sneak past a group stage and that's it. You've got a game breaker <laughs> in John Joe. Take a risk. It is preliminary, but he's not in the preliminary squad. Okay. So I, I don't think you can get in unless there's, Unless there's a, an injury or something, I guess. But, mate, that, that just shows his ambition or lack of it. He's going, I'm taking a safe squad. I'm taking a, a Jake Livermore who Alan Pardew says has never let West Brom down. Hang on. They're 10 <laughs> points out of relegation safety. 10 points away, yeah. and yet you've got a guy who is going to potentially play for England and has never let them down. Gee, the rest of the squad must be really, really bad. I mean, yeah. seriously, you're not going to get past... The round of 16, if you don't have John Joe Shelby in there, he can change it. He, you, you come up against France in yeah. round of 16, pop John Joe on, you know you'll take Pogba. Bang. You're winning the <laughs> midfield. He showed that against Manchester United. Take a risk, England. Take a risk. Wanker. 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 Yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen England play much, but the sounds of things he's got them, he's got them playing, but I think when he came in, one thing he said was that he was only going to select, um, Players are playing regularly, so yeah. So on that basis, to drink water and a few other guys, 
Yeah. I was hoping Southern was on, so he'd defend Henderson. But he's not here. Maybe next week. Okay. <laughs> Wankers of the week is over, and we're moving to the Aussie-powered Huddersfield Town in 15th spot and 31 points. It's tied with yeah. 14th, which is Swansea at 31. Now, now Swansea really seem to have got the act together. I think... I think that they've got a the Korean midfielder Key, who is the key to their success. He is playing some really good good football, and uh, and then yeah, so Swansea are just and obviously John Joe, they're just powering powering ahead. But but I'm really worried about Huddersfield. So can Huddersfield stay up, guys? I hope they can. Uh, again, they bring they bring Wagner to the the Premier League. I think he's, I think he's a really excellent manager and he's done fantastic. What resources he's got. Uh, he hasn't compromised on his playing style, even though I think it's that, that high pressing style that they've got has led to some quite heavy defeats. Uh, and maybe he's, he's, uh, he's learned a few lessons on that. So they definitely bring that. Uh, and I would, on that reason alone, I'd like to see them, like to see them stay up. Uh, I think they've got problems, especially defensively. I think the goalkeeper is it Lusso? He's but he's yeah. He doesn't he doesn't inspire much confidence. Um, but yeah, as I say, be be interesting to to see them have another season. Otherwise, I I think he would he would be a manager that a club would be would be ready to to snap up as well. Yeah, yeah. he's always been a been a good composer, so it's good to see him turning his his <laughs> skills to managerial and and, uh, and yes, okay, good one, Pat. Uh, I'm, I'm glad we anchored the week segment was just before I made that call. <laughs> <That's a shock>. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible away record: three wins, two losses, uh, three wins, two draws, ten losses. Do you think you mentioned the high pressing start? Do you think he's shown a little bit of naivety in how he's gone about his away games? I don't know if it's naive. Again, it goes back to believing in your in your style of play and implementing that, and and then working on making it better. Because um, they haven't, they have, they haven't, they have modified it, I think, but he hasn't really discarded it. Um, I just think, yeah, some games. I remember they tried, they, they played it in Tottenham. I think they were two or three nil down within twenty minutes. Um, so yes, so maybe in terms of that, some harsh lessons have been have been learnt, and they needed to be. Um, but again, he believes his style is, is is the best way for them, and they're going to play like that. Uh, whether it can keep them up, again, it's going to come down to some to some key fixtures in the last couple of games. Um, but the important thing is he he, he seems to bring that self self belief. Uh, and that obviously rubs off on, on the side because if you look at the resources, there's not really that much there. Uh, Moy is Moy is a Moy is an interesting player. Um, again, he seems he seems to have have faded a bit in the second half of the mm, season. Definitely. But, but um, again, you you want to see promoted teams have at least. Two or three seasons to see what they can offer. I think they could they could possibly become like another Bournemouth, a very well-run, efficient, smaller sort of club that that uh, you know keeps 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 in the division. I mentioned before that Swansea are level on 31, but Swansea have played one less game, and then also Newcastle and Brighton, who are two and three points ahead, have also played one less game than Huddersfield. Do we think anyone from Swan, out of Swansea, Newcastle, Brighton, Watford, or Bournemouth will get relegated, or do we just focus from Huddersfield down? I pers- yeah. If I look at the table, looking at the fixtures and who they're playing, I think Field will be quite fine, based off the fixtures that they have uh, remaining. There's nobody really that they're playing aside from Man City in the last game of the season. And let's be honest, Man City will have the title wrapped up in about two weeks anyway. 
So really, you've got five teams that they're playing there. Some of them are just sort of hovering in no man's land. Um, I think Swansea will also have enough in them to actually get out. I think 35 points is effectively the, the benchmark for this season because looking at those fixtures or the, or the teams in the lower the lower sort of sections of the league, I don't see them getting more than that based off the fixtures they have. So I think that 35 is really the benchmark for a lot of these teams. So I think Huddersfield, uh, Swansea, Newcastle, Brighton, Watford are all pretty effectively close to safe, and that's just based off the fixtures that are remaining. I think the, the, the real the, battle comes from the, the four at the bottom. That would be quite an achievement, having the three promoted clubs safe the next year. Yeah. That, that, yeah. Should, that, that yeah, could yeah, have been a trivia, sure. trivia question, Dan. That could have been a trivia question. When was the last time the three newly promoted clubs Good. all survived? Maybe for next week. Um, okay, so so we're, I think we need to come up with our tips now. I, I, I think for me it's it's Huddersfield, Stoke and West Brom will go down. They're my three. Dan, your three. Well, definitely Stoke and West Brom. Uh, and I don't want to say, again, I'm looking at who I don't want to go down. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say Newcastle. <laughs> oh, no wow. chance, mate. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to say Newcastle. Big call. You're, big really call. Trying to, you're really trying to keep Moisey in the league, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not trying to keep. <laughs> well, if he got relegated, he'd finally, uh, he'd finally be met Jürgen Klopp then, wouldn't he? In terms of relegation. <laughs> he had to find something, yeah. <laughs> uh, I agree. I think West Ham and Stoke are gone. I, 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 to me, it's a straight shootout between West Ham and Southampton. We can deflect from that all we want. Their fixtures just just highlights the difficulty they're going to have in pulling it out. I don't know how to separate either one of them because they're both as hopeless as each other, quite frankly. But I do think, and Dan might like me for this, I actually think somehow... Moyers will pull it out the back and will actually remain up. I just think Southampton draw far too many games um, and the attacking threat is is not yeah. as much as West Ham. I think with them on their day and Altovic and uh, Antonio could likely you know, get a result like that Chelsea result earlier in the season. So for me, it's, it's the bottom three and it's to see. I hope Southampton get out. Um, as a, I like them as a club, but I think it's the bottom three that go down. And that'll be quite an achievement for Moisey to save West Ham. Oh, it'll be his greatest achievement yet, actually. <laughs> this was another strange thing about his appointment. That it's only an appointment until the end of the season. They didn't even say, you know, if you save us from relegation, you're going to get an extended contract. There's, as far as I know, there's nothing like that in place. Yeah, true. Strange one. I won, but the owners haven't, haven't said that. Dan, only I'm yep. allowed to talk over your segment, your segment intro. <laughs> what are you doing? Okay, it, it, is, it is time for the answer to what the football trivia, and this was this was quite a good one. I think it's got me stumped, but considering how I've embarrassed myself the last few weeks. It isn't a surprise. <laughs> the, the question was, Dan? Which, uh, who was the last Spanish team to be knocked out of the Champions League by an English team? I think uh, I know the answer, actually. Hang on, I thought it was the opposite. Who was the last English team to knock a Spanish team out of the league? Yeah, that's what I said. He was a Spanish team. I said it in the other way around, just to keep you on the train. <laughs> but oh, you know, when you say it the back. other way around, it's, it's a, it, it needs back. a different answer, Dan. <laughs> no. Missed, Which missed. Spanish team was knocked out by an English team? That's the same thing, mate. No. You were asking what English team, what, what was the last English team to have knocked a Spanish team out? That was your question. So yes, one answer is an English team, the, the other answer is a Spanish team. Which Spanish team <laughs> Oh, uh, 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 good's that, Con? We, we thought he'd got through. Uh, 
He almost did. One week. (laughs) (laughs) Con, you go first then. You go first. I don't know what what I don't know what question I don't know question we're answering. So you go first. It's one of those when it's one of those when you hear the answer. It's actually you think, oh, I should have got. But Con gets (laughs) something. I'm gonna be destroyed. I'm gonna say it's Chelsea and they knocked out Barcelona. No ways. No? Is someone more relevant? Oh. Yeah. When was that? Uh, I think it was the year they won the Champions League with Torres at the new camp. Oh, no. No, no. That's... that's. I, I am going to... I'm going to say a team that didn't do that great last year, but had, oh. a, really, had a really good run in the Champions League from memory is our Leicester City. That's who it is, yes. Oh, oh. And who did they knock out? And who did they knock out? I wonder. I have no idea, but I know they made at least the semis last year, didn't they? I'll try it. Like I'll try it in Pat. I'm, 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 I'm chomping a bit here. Oh, so, so, hang on. Other than... But, but no, wait, wait, wait. I've got to finish my answer. You've had your turn, Kong. I've, I've just got to clarify. Am I giving you the English club, which I've given you, or am I meant to give you the Spanish club? Yeah, I said that's for the full points. Oh, for the full points, okay. I yeah. think I will say... Come on. It's obvious. It's obvious. Deportiva? Deportiva? No. No. Uh, he's blown it. He's oh, blown it. blown your chance. I'm coming in to sneak the win, Dan. I'm coming in Who to sneak Who is it? No, no, you can, you can sneak a draw. A draw. It's none other than the mighty, the historical, the great, amazing, the Jose... Severe, mate. It's severe. Oh, it's severe. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was it. I almost unembarrassed myself. Almost. <laughs> maybe, almost. maybe next week. Good, good question, Dan. Good question. Okay, good boys. One, yeah. I'm, st- I'm, I'm still claiming my undefeated status. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Between the two of you, you eventually got it. Okay, boys, we are going to have to wrap it up now. Thanks for your time. Remember, next week we are reviewing West Ham versus Southampton, so that's going to be a beauty. And we will Do I get your... a parting shot at home? Yep, as the intro goes. See you, guys. Yeah, so he, was, he was throwing in about... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Everyone here can ask... You can say something. I think what Dan wanted to say was, remember you can find us on Twitter at WT underscore football, and there you can keep up to date with all our latest podcast releases. See you next week.